It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. James Seltzer, Elliot Shore, Parks. Coming your way till 3 o'clock today. Yo, What's going on, man? How you doing, pal? You know, we talk a lot about how cool it is to follow up Howard Eskin, Glenn Mack, now Ray Dinger. I don't think there's two shows back-to-back that have better intro songs than our show. And then you got the Prof and R. Diddy intro to start the oh, last one. Oh, you can't one. beat it. No, you can't it's, beat it. it's just, you know, it's greatness back-to-back. So, uh... As always, very excited to be here. We said last week, uh, would the Eagles have a new head coach by the time we were back in the studio? They do. They most (laughs) certainly do. They uh, they most certainly made a hire this week. Well, it's funny because they haven't officially made the hire. Good point. Yet to give word, which is, I mean, we all know it's Nick Sirianni and all that, but it just is. It is strange that it is uh, yet to be announced by the team themselves. I'm sure they're working out. I'd imagine the press release is a little tougher to write than when they uh, hired Chip. You know, yeah, yeah, a little less excitement around the hire. Well, let's get into. They got to figure out who he is first. I guess that would be the tough part. (laughs) Who who is this guy? What can we say about Nick Sirianni? All right, let's get into it because Elliot and I actually we were. Lucky enough to be planning to record a podcast at Thursday at yep. two o'clock, and they announced the hire like third or Adam Schefter announced the hire like Thursday one fifty eight. So we had some like legit immediate reactions right in our gut. Right Definition in our, of instant analysis. Yes, yes, immediate analysis. But now, Elliot, it's a couple of days later. You know, we've had yeah. a little bit of time to soak it in and read a little bit about Nick Sirianni and find out who the hell this guy is and all that. Where are you at today, Saturday, a couple days after the announcement on mm-hmm. the Nick Sirianni hiring? You know, I, I think I probably fall under the umbrella a lot of people do where I don't know a ton about Nick Sirianni yet. Like, I'm learning about him. Welcome I, to the club, yeah, buddy. I like, what, I like what I've read about him. I like the, the qualities he seems to have. But ultimately, after a few days to think about it, after the initial shock wore off, where I fall on it is, The Eagles deserve the benefit of the doubt. I might have my concerns about this, and I know you have concerns about the process. I share some of those concerns. But the track record doesn't lie. The proof is in the pudding. The Eagles know how to hire head coaches. And when it comes to if they think Nick Sirianni is the guy, I got to give them the benefit of the doubt flat out. It's just it's what they do. They have hired good head coaches. If you look, in 2013, when they were in the uh, last, you know, when they were in the uh, coaching cycle there, 
other than Andy Reid, who they couldn't hire because they had fired him, Chip Kelly was the best hire amongst that group when you look at it. I have the names here if you want. It's a Look, who's who might, of bad coaching, right? Been, but we can't say Whatever. Chip. He was still the was best. A, he was still the best one. Right, but Chip was not a good hire. Okay, well, if you make the best best draft pick in a bad year, it's still the best pick, right? But, but what does it matter? We're not talking about rate relative to other coaches hired at the same time. We're talking are they a good hire or not. Chip Kelly was not a good hire, flat out. Yeah, well, he did win 20 games his first two years. But I, I agree. He ultimately did not work out. 2016, they got the best the best guy. With That's undebatable. He won the Super Bowl. He sure. lasted the longest. So the last two times the Eagles have been in a coaching search, they have hired the best guy of the guys hired. They have. So wow. when I when I look at this group, and you're higher on some of these guys than I am, but as much as I like Robert Sala, I can't sit here and say Robert Sala is like, for sure, the next slam dunk great thing. I like Arthur Smith. I think he has potential. The fact his dad made FedEx doesn't make me think he's going to win a Super Bowl, right? So I don't think any of these guys are sure things. And if the Eagles tell me that Nick Sirianni is a guy they think can be a good head coach, I love questioning them. I do it all the time. But I think with this one, I almost have to sit back and say, you guys deserve the benefit of the doubt because the track record speaks for itself. Yeah, that's first of all, that's crazy. This track record is spotted. It's littered. He made one amazing hire with Andy Reid. And I would argue the Doug Peterson hire was a great hire, but I think you get pushed back well, both Ray, ways. Ray Rhodes won, I mean, went to the playoffs his first two years. So what? Ray Rhodes what mean, was not so a what? great hire. He, he talks about a, so what going to the playoffs. He was gone a couple years later. Like, okay. what are you talking about? Like, that was four, not a great all hire. All four of the hires Jeffrey Lurie has no, made, made, they've all made the playoffs within two years. I would say he's two for two, two for four on hires. I would say Doug was a good hire, Andy was a good hire, Chip was a bad hire. Ray was a bad hire. Ultimately, regardless, the Jeffrey Lurie that made those hires was a different Jeffrey Lurie than the one we're dealing with now. You keep this saying guy, that. Because he's so, I mean, it is. Like, at what point was Jeffrey Lurie a bad owner? Guess what? Today, on January 23rd, sitting here talking, Jeffrey Lurie falls in the bad owner's club. He is now a bad owner until he proves otherwise. He is far more Jerry Jones than Jeffrey Lurie of a few years ago. Like, this is a mess. That's the problem. You said I have a problem with the process. My whole problem is with the process. Mm -hmm. uh, like you, like everyone out there, just besides what I've read in the last few days and all that, I have no idea about Nick Sirianni. He could be a good hire. Look, we all crushed the Doug Peterson hire. We thought it was a joke. Same thing with Charlie Manuel years before. I I've learned that I'm not going to say, all right, there's no way this is a good hire. This sucks, whatever. I'm not going to say that because I've learned in the past. I get it. He might be good. He might not. But just because the Eagles hired him doesn't mean he's going to be good. Just because this this charade of Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie picking a coach that, A, that they can control, which argue about it all you want. I think we can all agree that was certainly something that played a role in this decision. Someone that's going to go along with how they want to run this franchise, which has been into the ground the last few years. These two guys have run this franchise into the ground. We've got a quarterback calling the shots, like calling out a play, doing whatever the hell he wants, and now we don't know for sure, but it certainly seems like this hire was made with that guy in mind because you gave him a horrible contract and now you have to pay him. This is all a mess. This whole thing is a mess, and the process that led to hiring Nick Sirianni is a mess. So forgetting what they did in the past is meaningless to me. I'm going to look at this process, and again, he might be good, he might not, but the evidence with how the process shook out and the way this organization is right now tells me it's not going to be a good hire. But you, so if I had to bet, I would bet on it not working. You bring up the process, right? Let's talk about 2016, where you admitted that they got one of the two good hires he's made. Now, yep. I think all four, to a certain degree, have been successful because they made the playoffs, but certainly, yes, Doug was one of the best of the best two head, head hires. When that, that, let's talk about that process. 
They wanted Adam Gase. They didn't get him. They wanted Tom Coughlin. They didn't get him. They wanted Ben McAdoo. They didn't get him. So really, how is that process much different they than the one they just lucky. went through? They got lucky. I'm not going to give them you, credit you for getting just, lucky. They wanted two other guys. Yeah, so but like, you can't why just say all cre- the good moves they make are luck and all the bad all the ones are a sign of a bad we're, process. We're talking about one thing. We're talking about hiring coach. Well, but you say the Howie they Super Bowl got, is luck, and you say that the hire of, of Doug Peterson is luck. Which I do. That's separate things. We're not arguing about the, the True. But yes, I do think Howie got lucky. I think he got incredibly lucky in 2017. That's why I have very little to no faith to him to run this franchise. And that's why I hate that him and Jeffrey Laurie are the people picking this head coach. Well, like, I'm, look, I'm happy you brought that up, too, because you, you you said the word control, right? And that's something that's been talked about a lot with Nick Sirianni. Is he only here because they can control him? Is he only here because he couldn't get other jobs? Those type of things, right? Maybe it's not a bad thing if they control him. Because if you look, the team has been at its best when the head coach has worked with Howie. He, they just have been. And 20- well, there's a difference between work with and being controlled by. Well, but you're you're using the term control, like yes. Con, but you're using like setting control the game day roster and all these ridiculous well, things. Well, let me general ask you this: When were the doing? Eagles at their best with Doug and Howie? But it, uh, what what does that have to do with anything? It like, has everything to do with it because it Howie's the GM. With, well, you know my thoughts on how they won the Super Bowl. They got lucky with a great group of veterans, like a perfect mix well, the, of guys in a locker room, and a great coach with a veteran group that was and the who, perfect. Who put that the coaching staff group together for that guy? Well, who put the coaching staff together? It was a perfect group. They but, got but, lucky who, with who the Who put group. it together? What does it matter? It so, matters because you're mad that the guy that put the last one together is going to put this one but together. But the last one didn't work out. They won, they won a, Super won a Bowl. Super Bowl. I agree. They won a Super Bowl. But again, they got lucky with some hires. That doesn't mean that the pro- – it's all about process, Okay, was man. Doug Peterson a good hire? You're saying there was just results. Like, you're just looking at – Yeah, at bottom the, line podcast, radio right, show. That's what got, we say. But again, we're looking at the process to make a hire. It was a disaster. It was a mess. Why are you going to assume but that just because they got lucky in the past – they're going to get lucky again. Luck is not a strategy. It's not a strategy, but the strategy in 2016 worked, right? How- because they got lucky. No, but, but they wanted other guys, man. But, they no, got but, lucky. I, but that's not the part that got lucky. You're, what I'm saying is the process of how we picking the staff worked in 2016. Would you not agree with that? Hiring Frank Reich, hiring Jim Schwartz. Did they not play huge roles in them winning? Sure, a Super Bowl? he okay. hired so, two good. So the last coaches. time how we had control man. over the coaching staff, but he put together he a Super Bowl winning the, staff. Okay, well he had the control over the staff this year because he forced them to fire Mike Groh and Carson Wolch. He brought him Rich Scangarello. How'd that, that work out? Brought work him Marty Morning. How'd would, that work out? Would you also agree that like, part again, of the reason he got things... lucky once, man? Like you can't like base forever on you getting lucky you... once. Okay, but how how many things are you going to put in the umbrella of luck? The coaching hires, the Super Bowl. Like, at what point does does putting it under luck stop? In 2016, well, the they hired a head coach luck. that worked out. They hired a coaching staff they, that worked they out. They didn't want they, him. They didn't want Doug Pearson. He was their last resort, and they got lucky. And they Let's got, not but they hired him. Though they could have hired other. They had some amazing plan to get Doug Peterson, but they still could have hired other people is my point like they didn't have to hire Nick Sirianni they could have hired Josh McDaniels they could have hired Gerard Mayo they could have hired Deuce Staley like they picked Nick Sirianni much like with Doug they could have hired other people at the time I don't remember who they were because I can barely remember yesterday but four years ago right there were other candidates Adam the point Gaze, I'm making ben is Mack, this. I, mean, they, I don't know if Nick guys. Sirianni is going to work out but what I do know is the process that you're upset about worked out in 2016 and the team <laughs> that you think is being run dysfunctionally Overall, yes, last year was a disaster, but overall, when the head coach they've had is controlled or worked with, whatever term you want to use, when they've worked with Howie, the team has been at their best. 2016-2017, that was the case. Doug started wanting more power. Things went downhill. 2013-2014 with Chip, they won 20 games. 2015, Chip got control, and the team was a disaster. I'm not saying Howie's the answer, but you cannot tell me that a more functional front office where the head coach and the GM work together is not the better way to win. 
again, there's a difference between working together and actually working collaboratively and having a general manager who controls his coach. You're making it out to be something collaborative. It's not, man. This is how we show. It's Jeffrey's show. They go along with that's what we saw. But with you're Doug. using control. Were, Doug okay. Peterson was a Super Bowl winning head coach who could not pick his staff. Find me one other example of that in the NFL. I one. agree. One. Doug, okay, let me ask. All right, I agree. Doug should have been able to pick his staff. And if Doug wanted to go ahead so, with Press, well, I mean, let, that's well, let me a part finish. Of this. Like, if Doug wanted to go ahead with Press Taylor, I would have, you know, bit my lip and done it and allowed him to do it. But would you have been happy if they promoted Press Taylor to offensive coordinator? That's the next step. They didn't even let him do his staff the year before. like Or the year before. Like They never let Doug Peterson pick his staff. He won the freaking but Super you wanted, Bowl, but man. I, but but like, I believe they don't let Doug— This is not a functional system. Yes. This is not the way you run a football team. But I believe they don't let—they they didn't want Doug to pick his staff, not because of a control thing, but because Doug didn't have good ideas. And I like Doug. I defended Doug. I called him an elite head coach. I said he should pick his staff. But I have to be honest and say the idea of Press Taylor being promoted after well, last year does not— Press Taylor initially. Well, Doug did. Well, well Chip uh, uh, did initially. Uh, they yes, brought but... and they promoted Press Taylor. None of those promotions but happened it, without Howie seemed, and Jeffries. But it seems like they were promoting him because Doug wanted him. Now, Dude, right? And now I, that we know look, Doug wanted they, him to be those. They, they brought Mike Groh in. They bring in uh, Carson Walsh. They fire well, those guys. They Doug bring in promoted, Rich Gangarello. Doug they, promoted Mike Groh. Come on, man. You know they've controlled this staff. You can't blame I, I Doug agree for the staff you. when it's their staff. And I, it hasn't but, worked. But my point is, I agree with you that they've had control over the staff, but the, the, it seems like, from the outside looking in, if we want to go decision by decision, the decisions they've made about the staff outside of Rich Gangarello, which was a disaster, have worked out, and the people that Doug have vouched for, we have it like. Doug wanted Micro promoted. Everyone wanted Micro fired. Dude, Doug wanted Press Taylor promoted. We both agree Press Taylor hasn't done a good first job. First of all, we're, we're going by reports. We don't really oh, know yes, all this that's stuff. that's true. Well, all but, this is off reports. The re- controlling thing is off of reports, too. Regardless, like, you look at this situation, it was, again, reported that people didn't want to come here because of the setup, yep. because of how Lorian and, and Roseman have this setup here, that they're in charge, they're running this, they're picking the game day roster, all this stuff. Like, coaches don't want to come here because of that, man. Yeah, and guess who like, didn't want to come here in 2016? Adam Gase, who was a disaster. Tom Coughlin, who I don't think we would have wanted. Ben again, McAdoo. it's process, man. Like, you set but up this situation where it's a dis- in 2016. They got lucky, Elliot. Like, they, <laughs> dude, you can't say that a dysfunctional situation where most coaches don't want to come is a good thing. Was like, Doug you a can't good say head- that. Like, most coaches didn't want to come here. They wanted Lincoln Riley. He's like, no. They yeah. wanted Arthur Smith. He's like, no. They wanted Robert Sully. He's like, nah, I'm right. good. I'd rather go to the New York freaking Jets, man. The New York Jets was a more attractive job than the Philadelphia Eagles. Think about that. And we'll see think who's about a, that. Yeah, you're right. But we'll see who's a better head coach. And that's why, after a few days to think about this Nick Sirianni thing, I agree with some of your concerns about the process, right? Like, I do think, ultimately, if you're picking from the second tier, time after time after time, that it's not you're not eventually that's going to get to you. I agree with you on that. But what you said at the beginning of the of the show, how do I feel a few days later? And look, history doesn't always dictate the future, but the track record is what it is. And their last two, well, three hires, if you want to conclude Andy, but that was a long time ago. Their last two hires have both worked out to a certain extent. So I'm not going to sit here and say where I've seen the process of 2016, where Howie had control over the staff work out and win them a Super Bowl. I saw Chip come in here, work with Howie initially, make the playoffs the first year. Like, I can't sit here and say that this team, that this isn't going to work out. I think they have earned the benefit of the doubt. You say the team's you know, uh, a run, dysfunctional run mess. A dysfunctional yes, but I, mess. But I think, they, have, they are a mess, man. And, and last year they were a mess. But overall, 
our definition of a mess as people that follow the Eagles is different than other teams because the Eagles are always good and relevant. Yeah, they're not. I think last you, year you, they were not. Absolutely. You, you have this view of the Eagles will always be the Eagles, and no matter what, as long as Jeffrey Lurie's the owner, they're going to be good. I have a view where they are heading into the abyss right now, man. Like, this is a, a pivotal moment in this franchise's future where Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie are running this into the ground. Into the How ground. many games did Andy Reid win his last year as head coach? I think it was like four. four, right? What happened next year? What does that They won matter? 10 games and made the playoffs. So oh. my, my point is we've seen the Eagles hit rock bottom. They don't stay there for long. And that's this because— This is the worst you, it's been. The Howie Laurie thing, this is the worst it's ever been, They man. were pretty bad this in is, 2012 dude, for what it's worth. Every week we come in and do this show, and there's another article, another report about the, the disastrous dysfunction, how they're enabling Carson Wentz, how Doug's the worst. This, that, every single week. And we joke about it. We're like, oh, it's Saturday. Here's another article about yep. the disaster of a franchise it is the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Like, why am I giving these guys who created this disaster the benefit of the doubt? Because they've always pulled themselves out. And the the rock bottom has not lasted long with this team. It hasn't. And again, I am I would say I am one of the more like critical people of the Eagles overall the last four years. Like, I have no problem saying when I think this team's a disaster. And trust me, Howie would tell you that he knows that I've been critical of him, right? But I can also I also have to be honest and say they do not fall for long when they fall, and their track record with coaching is a positive one. Yeah, I think they're going to fall, buddy. 215-592-9494. Let's see what the people have to say. Do the Eagles deserve the benefit of the doubt with this hire? Like, we all know, like, Nick Sirianni could be good, he could be bad. Brand new, we don't know anything about him. But the hire itself, do the Eagles deserve the benefit of the doubt? Do they deserve that you should believe in this guy? And, of course, you know, what do you think about the hire itself? Let's start it out where we do every single Saturday at this time. Let's go out to Abington and talk to our good buddy, Tom. Yo, Tom. Yo, fellas. How we doing today? What up, Tom? Good to hear from you, man. Happy you were able uh, to call in. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I do have an Eagles point at the end. I, I realized the show that I'm on. Um, no, nah, it's, your, it's that... your spot, man. This is Tom from Abington's yeah. spot. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we start our yeah, show. You do what it's, you need it's, right It's now. like the Tom from Abington time. My guys, my guys. So just a shout out. Uh, my brother-in-law passed away this week. So uh, I'm sorry, Tom. Just to give you some background, I, I mean, you know, he was a diehard Eagles fan. Uh, so we called him T.O., Tom Owens. He was 63 okay. years old. So just just real quick, uh, th- this guy was so Philly tough, uh, they diagnosed him with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma back in 84. He was in his 20s. Wow. So, yeah, back then that's like a death sentence. So we had like uh, – they gave him six months to live. Uh, he fought through that. They said, well, you'll live, but you won't have kids. Well, he had grandkids. Wow. Uh, so then about four or five years ago, he was diagnosed with brain cancer. Uh, so they sent that off even to Johns Hopkins, and they couldn't couldn't even identify the type of cancer. They said they'd never seen it. So he's been fighting ever since, and he succumbed to it this week. So uh, may you rest in peace, T.O., and to my sister Anne Marie and her kids, Tom and Jessica. Hang in there, guys. We'll help you get through it. Yep. Be- best T.O. to ever be in Philly, I'll say that. We're with you, Tom. Yeah. You know, whatever, I appreciate you, you need, guys. Whatever you I appreciate need. you letting me get that out. So let's move on to the Eagles. <laughs> you know they may they may as well have hired Joe Satriani. I mean, I, I know more about. <laughs> oh, good throw! That. I love a good guitarist. Oh, I thought he made that yeah. name up. No, he's a, come on, Elliot. No, yeah, all time guitarist. You think Joe I know Satriani. Who Joe Satriani? No, I don't is? think you do. But okay. I, I want you to know these things. Yeah, I, no I didn't think Elliot would know who that was, but I knew you would, James. <laughs> uh, so Nick Sirianni, listen. This Eagles disorganization is such a ball of ridiculous right now that I'm going to give them ridiculousness right back, okay? So um, I think they hired this guy out of spite. So 
What do I mean by that? I think they strung along McDaniels for a couple days, and then they went and hired Frank Reich's right-hand man just to make right what happened at the end of 2017. What do you guys think? Mm. Well, I hope that's not how they went yeah, about it because that's I, not a good way to hire I, a head coach. I, I don't think that they would do that. I don't, as dysfunctional as a mess they are. I, I think it was more that, that they just didn't have a lot of people who wanted the job, and he was, in their opinion, the best of the people who were willing to take the job. And, James, I, I like deep down inside, I know that's not the case, but that's how big of a mess they are. Yeah, Elliot, you're completely wrong with this. James is right. They're a mess right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always. <laughs> so you guys fight nice today, all right? All right, we'll do Tommy, it, Tommy, we're thinking about it. All right, brother. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought real quick, John Ritchie made an interesting point this week uh, on your show because there was a report that came out that uh, Howie wanted to hire McDaniels and Lurie did not. Yeah. And that was, yeah. and then he mentioned, you know, Lurie Ritchie called would... him Josh. And it was an extremely compelling point. Yeah, like he, he did change my mind, but I do he think. He said, so for those who don't know, Ritchie basically said that he does not believe that report at all, that he thinks Howie put that out there to make it seem correct. Like he was interested in And I, I, I think it's an interesting way to look at it. Me too. Um, but I also think that if Jeffrey Lurie decided not to hire Josh McDaniels, I think that was the right decision. If he felt that he was going to come in here and not be able to work yeah, with Howie or not be Jeffrey a good culture does fit. It's all good, right? Like, yay, Jeffrey. Whatever oh, he's you the best, do. the best owner in the city. He, he won a Super Bowl. Like, I, look, I get you're frustrated, to, but we have to look to at this. Be, from he a, used to be the best owner in the city. He's not anymore. He's who's not. the best owner in the city? Uh, right now, it's either the, the Flyers' oh, nameless owner or, or Josh Harris. Josh Harris has had a much better year than Jeffrey Lurie. I'll tell you that. At least Josh Harris hires the, the, the smart Sixers, people. The Sixers got swept out of the first round of the playoffs last year. But he hired a smart guy and gets out of his way and says, here are all the resources yeah, he you hired need. the Howie Roseman of basketball. Oh, my God. 2-1-5. I can't even. 2-1-5-5-9-2-90. I don't even know what to say that. Uh, <laughs> it's really fun when you're doing a show like this on Saturdays and you see a name pop up on the call screener that you knew when you were a kid because it's a fun name. It's a famous name. We're going to talk to that person coming up next as well as we also have someone on the line who, uh, and I can't wait for it, says he wants to yell at Elliot. I think we all know who that's going to be as well. Can't wait. Can't wait for that as well. It's Elliot. It's James. It's Go Birds Radio. And of course, let me remind you that my guys at Park Casino Sportsbook have have you covered with a great deal for all customers. Yes, all customers. The Park Sportsbook app is offering a 50% profit boost. Yes, 5-0. profit boost available to all customers this weekend. Available up to $50 per game for both pro football playoff games this championship sunday that means you place your bet up to 50 dollars on each game and each bet if you win gets a 50 percent profit boost on each game it's a great deal if you like fantasy sports you'll love the player props available at park sportsbook app you can bet on more than the score bet on player props player points rebounds double doubles and more and of course the games this weekend as of right now on park casino sportsbook they are both a three and a half point spread green bay a favorite in their game kansas city a favorite in that one you can bet on anything and everything. My guys, the real home team sports betting app, easy deposits, great customer service. This offer, again, is for all customers. If you're new, just download the Parks Sportsbook app in the App Store and click parkscasino.com slash PA. No promo code required. Terms and conditions at parkscasino.com slash PA. Bet with the home team, Pennsylvania's home sports betting app. It is Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer, coming your way till 3, the legend Robbie E. on after that. 
little feisty there. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. It's good. It was good debate. Two one five. I'm still five, pretty nine. confident where I am I, at. As right. am I. That's what makes it beautiful. Two one five. Makes five, this country nine, amazing, right? Ninety four nine. Well, let's see what we can the agree people... over. Disagree over Nick Sirianni. Exactly. Like the founding ve- fathers had that in mind. Vehemently. Yeah. Uh, let's see what. Uh, let's go out on the Swartz Cullen gas line when you're injured at work. Call Swartz Cullen one eight hundred Justice. Unexpected. You love it when you see this name pop up on the board. The one, the only, Mitch Williams. Wild thing. Hey, Mitch. Hello, guys. I figured I had to call in just so I could interject a little bit of bass into this argument. Yeah, well, we need because, a little bass. That's yeah, true. Yeah, it's true. The the first time I met James and I saw him as a guy with a beard, and I literally was expecting to meet a leprechaun on the first time I walked in. <laughs> But anyway, I am going to side with James because it could not be more blatantly obvious as right. to what Thank you. their philosophy is in the Eagles' front office. Well, what is it? They are going to always hire someone that they can control. That you Stop and look at them. Go back over their last three or four coaches. Okay. You got Doug Peterson, never been a head coach. Won a Super Bowl. In the NFL. Yeah. You got this Sirianni, who has never been a head coach. Yeah. And Chip Kelly, never been an NFL head coach. It seems to Andy Reid was never an NFL head coach when they hired him. Right. Yep. Andy, but Andy spent years proving himself here in Philadelphia. Well, not and before you, they hired him. You're saying they hired guys that never been a head coach, right? When they hired Andy, he wasn't a head coach. Right. But do you think Andy had say in who was drafted and who wasn't drafted? When he was first hired, I mean, it was a, honestly, I was like 12 when that happened, but I would say no. He I got would there say eventually. He did. eventually, yeah. All I can say is the way sports is going, Allie, and, and this is my frustration with the way professional sports is headed. Professional sports is headed in a direction that all you have to do to become a member of a front office of a sports organization is be able to read. And that to me is hurting all of the sports across the board. If you don't have people in positions of power that can make decisions on personnel then that has been a part of the game or played the game, it, it just it's a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. Look, I think it's an interesting point, right? It's kind of when Chip was here, he didn't respect Howie because Howie wasn't a football guy. He liked Tom Gamble because Gamble had grown up around the game. I I think he played, or at least he comes from a family that was around it. So it's certainly interesting to debate. But what I would say is, you know, this idea that Howie can't be a good GM. I mean, he has won a Super Bowl. And, you know, when you say that they're hiring someone they can control, like when I look at the history of the guys they've controlled, they've they've won with those guys. So I agree in principle with the idea, yes, you don't want a yes-man at head coach. But Doug was a yes-man, and he was at his best when he was a yes-man. When Chip first got here and Howie had control, they were at their best. And when Andy was first hired, you know, he didn't have a ton of power. So I, I, I would push but back a little on the idea. he wasn't at his best then. The point. Oh, they the made the playoffs really in the second get, year. The thing I really want to get across here, yep. I don't want anybody in the Delaware Valley to be fooled or tricked into thinking that Doug Peterson was fired. Doug Peterson knew full well that that plan that he was putting together, promoting Press Taylor, he knew damn well that Jeffrey Lurie was going to fire him when he read that. So Doug. That was 
in, in my opinion, that was Doug's way of resigning. The only difference is, had he quit, he wouldn't have been paid over the next two years. I, I agree. Mitch, I, I agree with you. I think it's a great point. And as always, thanks for calling in, brother. You bet, guys. I love listening to you. James, yeah, keep appreciate your chin it, down. It'll help with the base. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, Mitch. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I, look, I I don't disagree with that Doug Peterson point. I don't think I that, think Doug won it out. I think Doug yeah. knew what he was doing, at least to a certain point. And I, like, I agree with that. But at the same time, and we said it on these airwaves all season, I said Doug was doing a better job that, than Carson was. We debated that. I said they should have kept Doug. I would not have been excited about the idea of Press Taylor being promoted. So I can't blame Lurie for, for sitting here and saying, so your big plan to, to fix this offense is to – Put speaking of yes men, put Carson's yes men into offensive coordinator. So it just it is it's just on a basic level crazy to think about the fact that Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl less than three years ago. Yeah, and just got fired for Nick Sirianni. Well, I don't like, think he got fired crazy. for Nick Sirianni. But you have to but, look at it that way, right? Like they, yes, they, I agree. They replaced Super yep. Bowl winning head coach. Doug Peterson, after three years, his first year not making the playoffs in three years, and they replaced him with a guy but, no one's ever heard of. It's just, it is crazy on its face. So, as you know, James, and I think a lot of people listening know, I have a lot of tweets I've had that maybe no. haven't turned out great, right? No. One that I do have, I think, is similar. I can't believe they fired Chip Kelly for Doug Peterson. Wow. So, you, you know, who knows how it's going to work out, right? Yeah. Like, And I, I agree, though, on the surface, it's crazy, but... Again, the track record speaks for itself. I wouldn't have fired Chip. I wouldn't have hired Doug. Firing Chip was the right call. Doug won a Super Bowl. So I think we they they know what they're doing to a certain yeah. extent. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. I'm gonna take a break from yelling at Elliot. Oh, perfect. And I'm gonna let Mad Mike do it. Yo, Mad Mike. Hello, everybody. How are you? What's up, Mike? My my new favorite Twitter follow, by the way. I tossed him. Oh, a, by the way, thank yeah. you for following me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It. Now you can yell at me about it. Yeah. So here's my thing. Uh, I've I've kids. And the article you wrote was basically the argument that my kids give me whenever <laughs> they're in trouble. Like, you got you, smart that, kids. I hate that argument that you put out there. Well, yeah, but you see, I did something wrong, but that guy's worse. Like, it's a deflectionary, like, let's let's point the finger elsewhere to keep the, the focus off us. And How, Howie Roseman is a garbage GM. And the fact that, like, you're finding, like, some sort of way to defend him. Uh, okay, well, really quick, you say I'm finding core. you say I'm finding some type of way. I put his win loss record. That's like his about as I just, yeah, that's about as basic as it gets when it comes to judging yeah, a general manager. You act like I brought not, up some obscure it's advanced not a stat. Full picture because it, it doesn't tell the whole story. And if you peel the onion back, that's how you do it. And the fact is, his drafts have been so poor. Yeah, but you're so but, fixated yeah, with the draft. Let me, like, let me finish. Okay, go ahead. Go but ahead. His, his drafts have been so poor, but he's 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 glossed over it by dipping into free agency way more than he has. Yep. So, yeah, they may have won some games, but the way that he was handling the draft and bringing in talent and and screwing up the, the salary cap was a, a bomb waiting to go off. And, yeah, they might have accumulated some wins, but they set the Eagles down a path where okay. it exploded finally, well, and now okay. we Go ahead. And, now, and and now we are where we're at. So the fact that you're like, yeah, but his one loss record, oh yeah, but his vision for the future has led us to this hellhole that we're in 
right now. Okay, so uh, uh, real, real, okay, real, really quick. First of all, I don't think Cowie's ever had a losing record back-to-back years as GM. So this idea that they're in a bad spot now but can't rebound is, isn't true. Number number two, you keep glossing over the wins. Back, like, uh, the Chip and Doug first year. Last year, Chip, first year, Doug. Right? Well, he wasn't the GM when Chip was. Oh, I guess you're yeah, right. Okay. So, the, 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 well, hold on, really quick. So you, you, just, you just, what you're doing is you're focusing on the draft and you're glossing over the win-loss. I agree with you. His draft record is not great, but it's one component of the job. And the bottom line is when you look at Howie's resume compared to the other GMs, he is a top 10 GM. And I, I, I know you're saying, well, you know, I'm just pointing to other people. The well, there's only 32 general managers. So, yeah, you know, then, he's, then he's 64. Well, he's that's bad, not he's true, that though. Bad. He's not true, because, though. Because, but, all right, so let me take it back because I don't think you're getting this point. The fact is his drafts have been so bad, but the fact that he keeps bringing in free agents when that's not how you build a team for longevity. So, yeah, he might have gotten been able to get some wins in there, but, and that's padded his stats. But if we're going to be honest, that trajectory has ruined the Eagles. And if you're giving me 9-7 and seven and 9-7, and seven, I, yeah, mathematically that's a winning record, but that's garbage. Yeah, but, but, like, but, but look, I get your point about just because other GMs are worse doesn't make him good. I get that. But the bottom line is there's only so many people that you can employ in this job. So yeah, it matters, well, it matters that he's Jeff, better than his peers. It does. And you're so you're so Moore, fixated on the draft, but it's one part of it. Okay, well, I don't agree with that call. comment by him. Yeah, what you a know? ridiculous comment that was. But I do think, look, like that was, I, that was Howie telling him, oh, we got all these great young guys. We're going to – I did think it was so ridiculous that his argument as to why Howie's a good GM was because he's got good people around him. It was like, what, what is that like that's ridiculous people explain the horrible draft after horrible draft after horrible draft jeffrey please people get so oh oh, the guys we wanted went before for us yeah that's how a draft works jeff oh my god it's like in a fantasy baseball draft if i'm like oh i wanted that guy i'm a good drafter because i was going to take the guy that went three picks before me but yet the guy i took sucked but that's not my fault it's because the guy i wanted went before me it's the most asinine explanation for anything i've ever heard in my life it was not a great quote. I agree with you. But, but, <laughs> but put the quote aside. People are so fixated on the draft, and I get it. It's part of the job. It's, it's probably a the massive most, part. Yes. Yeah, it's part. I don't know if I'd say massive. I think probably it's, the most important part of being a general manager is drafting and developing. Like that's, I, that's I think, it. That's so I think thing. the most important part of being a general manager is being able to win consistently. What do you think one leads to the other, man? Like, but well, how he is? How he is? They're in a bad spot, Look, man. Like, they need I young talent. I wish that I was sitting here how, looking at you okay, and a Justin okay, real Jefferson quick, real jersey. Quick, I uh, get it, please. but they don't have him. Right. Okay, but real quick then. So how is he going to fix this? If he drafts poorly, how is he going to fix this? That's my we'll question. We'll find out. We'll find out. What but, do you mean we'll find out? You're the one who's defending him. If he is going to draft poorly, how is he going to fix this? I can't give you the blueprint right because now. Because you but, can't. You can't fix it. But but if he's always been a bad drafter, how's he fixed it in the past? He has been a bad drafter You're for saying a he long has been time. for a long time, correct? That's what you just said. So so then how is he ninth in the league in win percentage among GMs? If he's so bad at drafting and it's so such an like what are these other guys forfeiting their picks? I mean, seriously, like you're saying dra- he's so bad at drafting, how can he rebuild? Well then how is he winning more than other GMs? He's not anymore, man. He's not going to. Yeah, you're looking at one year. Again, I'm saying if you look first over the of all, like well the, uh, there's so many mitigating factors there. First and foremost, Agreed. Like, it's the not, Andy it's years it, where I think Andy was the general manager. Well, like I didn't he, include those years. Okay, I didn't think he had anything to do with that. I, I didn't the chip years, it's like didn't who was include in charge? that one. The yep. 2014 you include either? I did include 2015 because he wasn't well, the GM. He wasn't the GM in 2014 either. Yes, 20... he was. He was absolutely the GM. No, he wasn't. He got moved out of power in 2015. Now, you can argue he wasn't getting he... say, but he was 
I mean, he, the Nelson Aguilar draft was 2015. 15, correct. 2013 right. and 2014, 2014 were the two okay. years they were working together. So they were together. Like kind of in and out that year. Yes. 2014 was the year right. it all kind of went bad. Yeah, I mean, again, like, I, I just... They've drafted poorly. Like it's it's unavoidable. Certainly, and I'm last... not fighting you on that. Right, I but, agree. So what makes you think that that he's going to Be- all of a sudden start drafting well? Like because you can go to every single general manager in the league, besides maybe like Kevin Colbert of the Steelers. You can go to every single GM, and they will give you their fan base will give you a fatal flaw of that guys. Like we focus on the drafting. You can probably go to other places, like maybe Green Bay and say they can never sign a great free agent. Or you can go to somewhere else and say they never make good trades. There's things that general managers aren't good at, and Howie is not that great at drafting. Which is the most important part of the job. But then why is he winning more than other general managers? There are a million different factors in that, man. Okay, but... But you're, you're, but bottom line is he's winning more than he, other. Carson who who got that quarterback? Sure, he. Do, I've never ripped him for the Carson Wentz pick. I think that's the one. Hey, he signed Nick Foles, right? Like he drafted Jalen Hurts. I mean, you can't just say only the bad ones are signs he's a bad no, GM. No, it's that, and then the it's good that moves on, are it's on mass. It is far more bad than good. That's the problem. And I think now they've they've gotten by, and he's pushed the can down the road with the salary cap and all that stuff. And like Mike pointed out, it's blowing up now. Like we're in a yes, spot it where is it's blowing, blowing up, up now, and yep. I don't trust Howie Roseman to rebuild it from the ashes. But did he and not, did he not rebuild it from Lurie the ashes in 2015? I mean, the, and what about in 2012? First of all, they were less in the ashes in 2015. They Debatable. Sam Bradford Definitive. was their quarterback. So, but they were still less in the ashes. I mean, the rest of the roster was so much better. It was the, that, the, yeah, that's the true. core they, of a they had, Super yes, Bowl they were younger. Roster. That's true. Yes. So uh, yeah. 215-592-9494. where do you stand? Obviously, we're getting heated. Should you trust the Eagles on this head coach? Or do you give them the benefit of the doubt? And as Elliot brought up, do you trust Howie Roseman to... Build it back from the ashes. I can't believe I've painted myself in the pro. I can't Howie either. This is what it's gotten to. Like I'm, I'm all I'm saying is he's not that bad. And you would think it's like I'm, I'm want to build a statue for him next to Foles and Peterson. Sounds like you do. Yeah, man. Sounds who knows? Like By the time do. the show's over, I might be. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer, coming your way till 3 o'clock today. Did you have something, Elliot? What's yeah, a little, little bit of news. I like when Elliot gives me the little, like, come to me, I got something, I yeah. got something. Hey, look. We're in different rooms, for those that don't know, so there's, like, glass. You can't just say, hey, I got something. He's got to, like, motion and wave and all that. Also, we break, the, like, the craziest news on this show, so the, this, this <laughs> yes. expectation is high. But this is kind of interesting. So the Atlanta Falcons have announced their staff. Uh, Justin Peel, the tight end coach. They hired him away from the Eagles. So uh. no tight end coach for the Eagles. And I, the reason I think that's interesting is because he's very close with Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz might not be back. I do wonder. I don't know Atlanta's tight end situation off the top of my head, but I do wonder hey, if well that they, could be. They got Hayden Hurst. I don't know what the deal was, but Hayden Hurst Right. Is so maybe that could be a landing spot for him. But so I guess maybe, who knows, maybe Nick Sirianni will get to hire his own tight end coach. We shall wow. see. Wow. Will he get to choose it? That's the question. Yeah. Or will he be controlled? Will he into, get to, uh, to pick his own game yeah, day well, how, roster? How he connive his yeah, way into Why would they let him do it when they didn't let a Super Bowl winning head coach do it? But whatever. 215-592-9494. Let's go back to the phones. It's been too much of you and me. I think we need some more of the people yes. here. As uh, I see a name on here, it doesn't call very often, but I am always super psyched when he does. It's my man in Southwest Philly. Ike, how you been, man? My man, Clue, what up? Yeah, buddy. Hey, man, 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 how you doing, man? <laughs> you and Elliot, what's going on, bro? It's really good doing? to talk to you, Ike. It's Yo, been a while, man. Yeah, you know, just because I don't call often, I listen every week. My appreciate dope, that. Man. I-, I was loving the extra hour or whatever. Oh, Thanks, yeah, that was man. fun. Thanks. Yeah, that was good money. Yo, um, I'm just going to say this about the Eagles. I'm 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 always optimistic. I'm giving them a chance. I ain't gonna say benefit of the doubt, but mm-hmm. a chance. Because I I was saying at the end of the year I wanted them just to blow the team up. I wanted Howie going, Doug going, and Carson going. 
But I want to give this guy a chance, a fair chance, because we didn't get Doug a fair chance. Not everybody, but when he first got here, everybody was salty that we didn't. Then we didn't get other people, and look what happened. We got our first championship. So I'm going to be real interested in seeing who the defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator is. And I got I got my man Miles Sanders in fantasy, so I might have to franchise him. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Nick well, yeah, likes yeah. to run the ball, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. But, yo, come keep listening, man. I had to call. Y'all take I it easy. I appreciate it. Call like, next it means week a lot, man. Thanks. Uh, really yeah. good to hear from what, you. What's funny Thanks is old school. He, said, uh, he said he's going to give him a chance, not the benefit of the doubt, but – He's kind of giving them a chance because internally he knows they deserve the benefit. Well, like it's coming from a place. No, of, see, yeah, because he said in 2016 I, I didn't trust. I know, Doug. but that's what I'm. That's what I said to you, and I don't think it's it's because of Lori and Roseman and their ability to pick. It's that we have just seen ourselves react to hirings, whether it's Doug or Charlie Manuel before that. Yes, where we were like, this idiot, really, this is the best they could do. This whatever dullard or whatever we said, and we were flat out wrong. Well, it's interesting with Nick Sirianni. It doesn't seem like people are mad about the person. Like with Doug, it was like you know this guy was a backup quarterback here, and then he was here and he wasn't that good. It was more personal. And then obviously we've discussed Charlie, but with Nick, it feels more like no one knew who he was. And, and speaking of which, Joe Banner had an interesting tweet, which. Look, Joe's been a little on and off. A little hit or miss. Yeah. My man missed out on the uh, they know who they're going to yeah. hire and, and the virtual certainty. But Joe does talk to people in the league, and he said the idea that Nick Sirianni's coming out of nowhere is wrong. Like four of the seven teams. Uh, yeah, it, look, that is fair. It does seem when you read all these like things about future co- – he's always on all those lists or yeah, has been. It reminds me of – I remember when they drafted Jordan Hicks in uh, 20, sure. 2014, 13. Uh, no, it was, was it Chip? Well, he was on the Super yeah, it was Chip. chip. Pick, oh, maybe so. it was 2015. Yeah. Regardless, when they picked him, everyone was like, who? And then yeah, he ended up Yeah, it was the Aguilar draft. It was the third pick, yeah. third round pick of the Aguilar and draft. He, and the reaction to him, I remember, I forget which reporter tweeted it, but uh, someone tweeted something like, oh, I just a scout told me who, right? And yeah. this idea that just because we don't know who the person is, that they're not going to be good. Absolutely. Is, yeah. Like it's, and look, I said this on the pod, there are things to like. I mean, he seems like a likable guy. He comes from a, a family right. Your of issue coaches. is not Nick Sirianni. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. He's a family of coaches. There's a lot of interesting stuff. I just... The the people above it's I don't dislike the people Nick above Sirianni. hired the last Super yeah, Bowl winning I head don't coach. like the James way he was hired yeah. and the people who, who he was hired, hired the same way as the last yes, Super Bowl winning that head is coach. exactly James right is concerned. Elliot. yeah let's go to North Jersey and talk to my good buddy Neil hey Neil gentlemen I appreciate you taking the time uh, from my call I don't want to interrupt your WrestleMania chat but, <laughs> but I know but man, I, yeah, I do going at it feisty today I know I appreciate you taking my call. So, you know, I think the irony of the Nick Sirianni hire is kind of funny to me because, you know, we all as Eagles fans were hoping that we would trade Carson Wentz to the Colts, but it seems like we brought the Colts to Carson Wentz. Yeah. And I think doing that and, and hiring, you know, this sort of Frank Reich devotee offensive coordinator to bring in a coach for one person is very troublesome. Mm-hmm. If you hire an offensive coordinator, it's not a QB coordinator. It's for an entire offense. And if you're going to bring in an offense, an offensive coordinator is your coach who is supposedly going to fix Carson Wentz, then your problems are structural and not individual. Because Howie Rosen, as we learned with that Terry, uh, the Jeff McLean article, has a giant picture of Carson Wentz in his, in his office. He worships at the altar of Carson Wentz. And if you're so blindly dogmatic into believing that this guy can be fixed, you're going to you know, view these problems through that prism as opposed to looking at the whole situation, taking a look in the mirror and saying we have to cut our losses. And the fact that the Brian Dayball, and as you said, the Jets, the Jets got Robert Sala, not the Eagles, the Jets. The fact that all these top coordinators 
and all of the well-regarded coaches did not want to come and interview with us is an indictment of the fact that other coaches and other even agents know that this is a dysfunctional system. Well, Robert, so Robert, Sala point, did, Robert Sala did interview with the Eagles. And then chose to go to yes, the Jets. Agreed. Yes. Uh, yes. Now, exactly. But I, to the I, point that Dable took his name out of it, Brandon Stanley yeah, didn't want to fly across the country and interview all that yep. stuff. Adam Gase didn't want the job. Tom Coughlin didn't want the job. Yes, like, yeah. Right. But, and let's be, but really quick, I agree uh, with you about Carson. Like, I, I think hiring a head coach for a player is the wrong way to go about it. Particularly if, this if player that's what they in did, this moment yes. at time. You right, know? exactly. Yeah, so I agree with you. If that's their plan, it's an extremely risky one. I think hiring a coach for Carson is riskier than handing him the contract. Yeah. Um, well, they're, well, they're tied together because the only reason you, they brought him in is because that contract in and of itself is almost right, but you can you can trade. trade the contract. It's hard to do. Like it's it's a lot more. It's a bigger deal yeah, but it's a than twenty five million dollar dead cap. Hit. Right, I mean, but it's, it's a I'd rather problem. have a dead cap hit than have to fire a head coach. Is my point. Regardless, agree we that. agree. It's, we, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, great calls always. Look, uh, yeah, look, and we don't know. Jeff, to back to the banner thing. Banner said he doesn't necessarily think that they hired him. Because of Carson Wentz, there are a lot yeah. of people out there who I do, think there's some compelling points. Do you think that, that he was hired for Carson Wentz? We don't know whether he was or wasn't, but we totally a hundred percent are both in agreement that if he was hired with the express written consent, the idea that you're coming in here to fix Carson Wentz, to rehabilitate Carson Wentz is your number one reason for hiring him, it's a, a horrible hire. Like that is you cannot do that. It might yeah. work out, but you can, that is all I don't like worse the process. idea of it. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Mount Laurel and talk to Dennis. Hey, Dan. Gentlemen, how are you today? Hey, how's it going? You know, Richie brought up during the week that a parrot has a definition of two hundred words. Well, the hammer may not have that, but I do have more than that. <laughs> I know you do, Dennis. You got well and more. The word, and the word for you guys today. Here's a good one. I've used it before, but it's truculent. Truculent. All right, it's a good word. Aggressively hostile or aggressively assertive and belligerent. <laughs> belligerent. Is that, wow. Hey, I don't think anybody would ever describe me as hostile, but yes, I, I, I it's a, it's a good word. I will add hostile. it to my vocabulary. It sounds hostile. It does. Yeah. Well, it's ten and times it's around this it's team. Good. You guys are having a good, lot of fun with. It. I, I understand that. Yeah. My biggest concern is not the coach. It's the two-headed monster that's leading the the, the organization. As I said to you this week, James. They're not gonna. It's not looking good for the next three years with Howie and, and Jeff picking everything. Yeah, that's how I feel. Elliot feels differently. Well, I think I think if we were recording the show in 2016, people would have felt that way too. Coming off the chip disaster, putting Ch- but not uh, as Howie much back. with Lori there, man. Like this is the first time. Like Jeffrey Lori is officially in the crosshairs now. He's Eagles, put himself Eagles there. Eagles yeah. Nation. He has put himself there where Eagles Nation is going to criticize him. He has been basically criticism free for a long time and deservedly so he's been a very good owner he is too involved he is doing things he didn't used to do and now it's it's he's going to be be subject to a lot of criticism now you know one of the guys involved in the pick for how uh, for doug was ron jaworski he was involved with that pick with jeffrey Lurie and howie i don't think jaws was involved in this one at all yeah, Dennis, yeah, I don't call. know. Uh, I, I think uh, I saw Jaws talk about it somewhere. It didn't seem like he was super excited about it. I think he like hopefully a, was not involved in it. Like a B minus <laughs> or something yeah. was what I saw or something. Like that. Who knows? I, you know, I don't think either of us have graded it. What would you grade it? B minus is an interesting grade. That's what made me think of it. Yeah, it feels like a C minus to me. Maybe a D. C a plus. D. I would give it a D. A okay. D higher. All right. Yeah. 
No, I would have given Doug an F, though, so, you know, who knows? 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. We'll continue to take your calls. Do you give the Eagles the benefit of the doubt in this situation based on their history of hiring coaches, based on the fact they won the Super Bowl three years ago? Do you give them the benefit of the doubt, or are you far more concerned about Howie and Jeffrey now than you have ever been before? Get involved, 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. And again, let me remind you that my guys – at the Park Casino Sportsbook app, have you covered with a great deal for all customers? The Park Sportsbook app is offering a 50% profit boost. Yes, 5-0, 50% profit boost available to all customers this weekend. Available up to $50 per game for both pro football, playoff games, and championships Sunday. That means you place your bet up to $50 on each game, and each bet, if you win, gets a 50% profit boost on each game. It's an amazing deal. If you like fantasy sports, you will love the player prop bets available on Park's Sportsbook app. Bet more than the score. You can bet player props on points, rebounds, double-doubles, and more. My guys, the real team sports betting app. Easy deposits, great customer service, and again, you can bet on both games tomorrow. Green Bay, a three-and-a-half-point favorite right now on Park's you know, app. Kansas City, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I like Green Bay in one, Buffalo in the other. You can bet on anything and everything, including player props and a lot more. This offer, again, is for all customers. If you're new, just download the Park Sportsbook app in the App Store or click parkscasino.com slash PA. That's P-A-R-X casino.com slash PA. There is no promo code required. Terms and conditions at parkscasino.com. Slash PA. Bet with the home team, Pennsylvania's home team sports betting app. Give me some respect right now. That's right, it is Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Tour Parks, James Seltzer. One more hour to go, Rob Ellis, after that. Discussing if the Eagles deserve the benefit of the doubt with this hire. I think we can all agree and all have agreed that no one around here really knows that much about Nick Sirianni, and you can find things to like, you can find things to dislike. But the question today is, is do you trust Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman to have made the right decision? Did they, mm. And obviously, Elliot well, does. Well, look, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I understand people's frustration. I understand why you're skeptical. Clearly, they were 4-11 and last year. I Like I said earlier in the show, I wish I was looking at you in a Justin Jefferson jersey because I know that would make you so happy. And I know lots of people out there wish they owned a Justin Jefferson jersey. So I understand the frustration. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not as it's not as bad as people feel it is. And I think that should be a popular opinion, well, right? I, don't, don't I think people... it's a hopeful opinion. Yeah. Look, to your well, point, opinion, in the past, based off it, of... it hasn't been. I, I just feel like this is the worst spot that they have been in. I think of all the lows after Chip... After Andy, the end of Andy, like I feel like this is the lowest they've been from a roster talent perspective, yeah. from a youth perspective, from a salary cap perspective, and again from a, a f- trusting the front office to make the right decisions, particularly with young players' perspective. I just don't well, love. That. I, so I agree with you about the roster. I think we're maybe misremembering how frustrated people were that Howie got the job in 2016. Like when when they got rid of Chip and put Howie back. People were very upset and skeptical of that because, look, he was coming off the Marcus Smith pick. Like, there were other areas where people were mad about how he had never won a playoff game when he got that mm-hmm. job in 2016. So I, I understand the frustration. I do think the roster was probably better coming off 2015. I think you're right about that because of the youth. A lot of the guys yeah. on that roster that are still here were, you know, I can't do the math, you know, eight years younger or whatever. No, uh, four or five years younger. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. But like I said, ultimately, the process – 
that you're frustrated about has worked in the past. So maybe it won't work this time. Maybe the roster's too bad. Maybe all the bad decisions over the years have caught up to them. We shall see. I just know that I see a team that in the past, when they've gone down the route they're going down now, it's worked out. One thing we haven't really talked about with Howie, it is also possible that, you know, we talked about when he came out of the closet in in 2016, you know, when they finally let him come back after Chip had put him in the closet and the whole thing, the idea that Howie changed as a person and changed the way he went about things and all that. Like, it is possible that the success has brought back the old Howie, the original Howie. And and maybe he did change. Like, it is possible that it wasn't just all luck, but he was different. But that's what I think is interesting about the Howie being controlling narrative. And it's a battle I don't want to fight because I think there's enough truth there. But, you know, like, the decisions people are most mad about is actually Howie not being controlling. Like, if I asked you off the top of your head the two decisions you are most upset about – you could probably point to a bunch of things, but like DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson, so, I think would be on yeah, your short Justin list. Jefferson. Like I'm much okay. more the DK Metcalf thing. We've talked about like the medicals thing. I can understand that. But it's stuff. the same. It's the my, Justin Jefferson thing. It was so clear. Like he was taking the next pick. The team that took him laughed when you yep. took the guy you took. Like it was that. That's the one that makes me the most. And you mad picked a receiver, which and makes you picked it the bad. same position, yep. and, and you needed a receiver. But I think uh, what I was trying to say was, it seems like. Jalen Rager was selected because Howie did listen to other people. Now, ultimately, it falls on Howie. Howie's the one that makes the final call. He has to know who to listen to. He has to make the final decision. It's on him. But it's just interesting that the DK Metcalf pick was him trusting the advice of the medical staff, and the Jalen Rager pick was on him listening to what the coaches wanted, yet the narrative is he's extremely controlling. Like, those don't jive. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Upper Chichester and talk to Tim. Hey, Tim. Hey, what's up, Jimmy? Hey, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for calling in. Thank you for taking my call. Um, you know, Jimmy, I'm totally on your side with this one. Um, I don't trust Howie. I don't trust Jeffrey. You know, it seems like we brought this guy in for Carson and Carson only, and he's got he, he doesn't he hasn't even called his own plays as yet. I mean, this is a bad hire. Um, I think people have way too much. Well, some people have way too much trust in Chip or Chip Jesus in Howie. <laughs> And in Jeffrey, when you think about the Super Bowl year, okay, and Jimmy, you said it earlier about, you know, that Super Bowl being luck. You know, we had a lot of luck. Mm-hmm. I think we did. Yeah. But we didn't we didn't just have luck on our team. Remember that season, how many injuries that occurred on other teams? Well, and teams... to be fair, on the Eagles team too. They had a ton of injuries on their team. Mm-hmm. Oh, Certainly absolutely. big player injuries. Yeah. But but how many things just fell into place that we didn't affect? whether it be a team beating someone they shouldn't have beat or a team losing to someone that they shouldn't have Yeah, but have you can to. do that with every Super Bowl champion every year, right? I mean, the year the uh, the year the Chiefs won it, um, I'm sorry, the year the Patriots won it, uh, you know, what's-his-face jumped offside and, and negated an interception. Like, Ford, yeah. Yeah, you can point to all types of things every year. I Look, if you want to say that uh, Howie is not going to be good moving forward, I, I don't know if I agree with that, but I can at least say maybe you're going to be right. But I think this thing that people are doing where we're trying to, like, take away the 2017 Super Bowl for how good it was. Like, you don't have to do that. I mean, it was a very good year. They built that. In 2016, they made moves that helped in 2017. They went up and got Carson that helped to win the Super Bowl. They hired Doug. They hired the coaching staff. I just don't think there was no more luck involved in their Super Bowl than there was any other Super Bowl any team's ever won. Like, every year you have to have a few things break your way. But that was an extremely well-put-together team, and Howie did a great job putting it together. And that's the problem, because he hasn't done a great job with anything else since. He hasn't done anything significant. Um, well, I think we their right strategy. He's right about well, that. I mean, he's, like you he's look made at the moves some good since, moves. Like, I mean, 
mean, uh, sure. Like, uh, if, just uh, saying. But reg- dart regardless, their, their strategy of trying to win back to back backfired. That, that, well, that, not only that, we're not as, as an organization, we're not developing players. I mean, think about Fulgham, how good he started out this year, and then boom, benched. You don't yeah. see him again. I mean, we're not developing anybody. We're just it's it's like we're we're, we're running in place. That's what well, that's on like the coaching staff, too. Tim, good call. And it yeah. is, yeah, but it's also, it's just organizationally, you know, and, and ultimately yeah. it's top down. Lori and Howie are in charge of the organization from top to bottom, and they haven't done a good enough job. Well, let me ask year. you a question. If there was a redraft of all the general managers in the league, so none of them were employed, you could redraft the entire league, where does Howie go? I have no, I don't know oh, all okay. the jo- See, I, would, I think he's like a I top guess, 10 pick. Oh, I would say middle of the pack somewhere, like right. middle to, to like 15 to 20 or something like that. If, if I had to guess, and this is based on what people, maybe in the 20s, like I definitely don't think he's a top 10 pick for okay. sure. But I, I again, disagree, I don't but know okay. the GMs well enough. You know, you know there are certain like. You but know, you know how he's a bad cost. No, I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, just I'm just judging Howie on his on his moves is all right. I can do. I don't watch every other team as uh, you could say the Baltimore Pittsburgh. You yep. know the teams that every year two and five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's talk to our good buddy Glenn in Wisconsin. Hey Glenn. Glenn. Hey guys. Hey guys. Sorry. Hey guys. How no you worries, doing? No hey, worries. how's it going, Glenn? <laughs> good. Hey, uh, Elliot. I was a quick question. If you were looking. If you're a head coach looking, uh, like potential head coach, wouldn't you look for a top 10 GM? And if Holly fell in that range, don't you think we'd have more potential coaches being interested yeah, it's a, it's in a good point. Philly? Yeah, it's a good point. Now, I think that From that's certainly part of it. Like the roster, which Howie falls blame as part of that as well. But no, I, I think that is a good point in terms of uh, where I think Howie would get picked. No, and um, the other thing is that the, the guy broke up. No one has really – what players have we drafted in the past three years that have gotten – exponentially better we saw Maddox come out had a decent rookie year since then hasn't been that great and part well, of those Josh Sweat. Drafting po- co- oh, it's, Josh- like, it's like Sweat Mylotta there are a couple but but maybe Goddard not enough comparative to I would the, say you know. I would say not enough but then we have people like Rasul Douglas who I don't think is gonna be great but you could see we drafted him but he wasn't fitting in our scheme at all so how did that even come about drafting that well, that can I ask you a question? I'm, I'm curious what your answer to this would be. Like, with with Rasul Douglas and Sydney, who do you blame with that, Howie or the coaching staff? I'm torn well, on it. Rasul Douglas, I would probably blame Howie because he didn't fit into the scheme we were running. When he drafted with, him, right. When we, yeah, when we drafted him. And then with Sydney, I probably would blame uh, Howie as well because I just don't think – it was, it, was it was a risky pick because he was coming off injury. He was actually supposed to be a higher pick, but he, right. had, he got injured. And I was fine with that for what it's worth in the moment, the risk. It just didn't work out. Yep. I was fine I was, with that risk. I was, I was fine with that as well. I guess I just don't get paid the money to make those decisions where it, if it fails, I feel like it should become down a little harder on that. With because If you look at our second-round picks – and even lately, our first rounds, we have one that's uh, given us any power, which is uh, Miles Sanders. Other than that, we've had duds in the first round, duds in the second round, and you can't really build teams unless you're hitting on those two first on those picks. Because then after that, it's kind of a crapshoot yeah. for everyone else. No, it's a good point, Glenn. And also, they don't have any of those drafts where you know, like. I feel like it, like every team you look at, like every few years they have a draft where like that Saints draft a few years ago yeah. where they got Kamara and Hendrickson and like all these guys who are like they got like six starters, Ramchick. Like all I think guys. the last one for the Eagles with that was it twenty twelve. It would be maybe? the Fletcher Cox yeah, Fletcher, draft with Fletcher and Foles and Michael and Kendricks, Kendricks and all yep. that. Which yeah. like it's been a long time since the Eagles have really hit on a draft class. You know we we've talked a lot about the medical staff in this town for obvious reasons. They 
the team is injured a lot. And, you know, they, they've had the turnovers, and I think sometimes we focus on injuries with those. And I'm just spitballing here. This isn't inside information. I, I do wonder if maybe getting bad information on prospects plays a role. Because we talk about DK Metcalf, right? How oh, that's me- a really interesting point, Sid- Sidney Jones. I, I just wonder if that f- factors in, if the medical staff is giving them bad advice on these picks well, and it's impacting I them. mean, they were clearly wrong about DK Metcalf. Right. I mean, blatantly. Sydney's. Uh, you know, I guess everything's a bit of a, a crapshoot when it comes to medical. But and then Achilles, like that's about yeah. as bad an injury as as you can have but for what, a, for an athlete. What that, Lurie like, you know, has said, like, you know, uh, spine injuries or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think with Sydney too, there was, I don't know, it just didn't seem like, uh, just didn't work out, right? But um, I with Lurie, he he said like basically he has more information than we do on how these picks are made and how he's still here and the medical staff has been turned over. So I wonder if he's sitting in that draft room and how he's saying. I want to take DK, and the medical and, staff's going, whoa, I wouldn't do that. And look, also, we there have been reports, we've heard it ourselves, around, like Jeffrey Lurie's involved in yes. this stuff. So, like, if it's a situation where Jeffrey Lurie says, I want you to take this player because I really like it, then you can't blame I mean, that I, it, it's his boss. Like, I get that. Let, now, you would, you would want a general manager who is strong enough and, and confident enough to say, Jeffrey, this is my job. This is what I yeah. do. I'm in charge, but I get it. You know, I'm just saying. Well, that's, yeah, I, yeah. There's a lot of gray area in these types of things, depending. Exactly. On, unless you're in that room. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Tennessee and talk oh, to our, our good buddy. Our good buddy. What up, feller? Justin in Tennessee. What's happening, fellas? How you doing today? What up, man? How you doing? I'm outside enjoying this fire to Midland chilly day, working on my porch well, and whatnot. It's it's boy. it's really chilly here. It is like, however so chilly cold. it is there. It's, it's I was walking into here, the studio friend. and I just wanted to turn around. The first thing Elliot said, he came in. I see him. I was here a little while before him. He walks in and he looks like shell shock. And he's like, "Man, it's <laughs> it's really cold out." There. <laughs> yeah. So, I, but uh, well, hopefully it's nicer there. I'm sure it is. It's probably about 45, 50 yes, degrees. We're in that, that 30 degree range. Here, Feels like, so. got to feel like the teens outside. I haven't checked my weather app <laughs> in an hour or so. It's but shocking. Yeah, I know. Usually up to date. What's on your mind, Justin? Yeah. Uh, well, Elliot, uh, I, I'm sorry, but I really got to disagree with you on the uh, right. draft aspect of it. Well, I, I didn't defend drafting, the draft, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I think drafting is the biggest part of a GM's job because when you're drafting, you're looking at the future. Because you look right now at what we have, it is an old, aging roster, mm-hmm. and they've not hit on any really high draft picks in a while. And missing on Barnett, missing on Sydney, that whole draft is almost like a like a lost draft. Now I know Barnett's really young and still with the team. I'm a Tennessee guy. I'm going to pull for him no matter what. But yeah. up to this point, it's been a miss. And like I said, that whole draft is almost like a lost draft. So taking Donnell Pumphrey. Yeah, I mean, you know, Barnett best, and Gary are the, the only two guys still here from that draft, which is yeah, crazy. That, where, where I'm torn is, just really quick, where, where I'm torn is, like, I agree with what you're saying. I do, honestly. I'm, I'm not just saying that. But where I get conflicted, and it sounds like maybe where I disagree with you and with other people is, if the drafting is so bad, how are they still better than these other teams have been? You know, so that he must be doing something right. If and I know this is past versus future, but if if they've been one of the winningest teams during Howie's time, like then if he's so bad at drafting, how, like he must be doing other things right. And what are these other teams doing so bad? If Howie's the worst general manager out there, but he's winning more than these other guys, I'm just I, that's where I have trouble reconciling it. Well, I think, I'm not saying he's the worst, but as far as drafting. 
He's pretty down low, man. I also me, think, like, he's had a lot of holdovers, and there's been a lot of guys who the Kelseys, the Coxes. Like, we've had a, a group of guys yeah, who have been winners fair. in the NFL for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. now it's turnover time. Now it's, all right, we got to draft and develop guys to build this back up and start over again. And Howie's recent track record does not paint someone who you feel super confident in that role, that yeah. job of being a general manager. Exactly. And, I mean, just just look at it. You, you guys could be me right now, looking at this debacle of, of the head coaching deal. At, yeah, I was going to ask Philly. you about You got that. rid of him, though. Yeah. Get rid of Jeremy Pruitt. Look at you. Yeah, oh, my God. Well, I am so Congrats. glad we got I rid of that. I thought of you. I, as soon as I saw that headline, I'm like, cheers to Justin. I'm sure he's psyched about oh, that. So, God, my, he, he is the worst head coach. I'm not saying he's – he could be a defensive coordinator again in college if, if the NCAA doesn't come down on him for all the crap that's going on. But, mm-hmm. God, he was an atrocious head coach. But, hey, you know what, boys? My final say is, what it always is. You keep going, I'm going to keep listening. Love you, you boys. Mean it. Yep. You're the best, Justin. Thank you. Yeah, like, uh, look, I, I, I think I, it's, fa- it's fair points. Like, yeah. I, I can't dispute it. I just, again, we always joke we're a bottom-line podcast, mm-hmm. bottom-line radio show. I even looked uh, in the article on 94WIP where I listed the – the resume of all the current general managers, even if you take Howie's 2017 out, so you don't include 2017, you don't include the Andy Reid years, and you don't include the chip year, which I think the the chip and the Andy stuff is fair to take out. Mm-hmm. If you take out 2017, which you know some people are saying, well, that's the exception to the rule, he drops from ninth to tenth in winning percentage. So it's just interesting to me that you know everyone says he's so bad at all this stuff. Well, then how bad are these other general managers around the league? Maybe there's someone that's on a staff that would do better than Howie, but when I look around the league, I don't see many general managers. I, I, I think I came up with 13 if I really stretched where I would say these guys are better than Howie. So you know I, I just... Maybe it won't work out. I don't know. But I, I do think Howie is just better than he's given credit for. Let's go to Florida and talk to our good buddy, Ja'Cory. Hey, Ja'Cory. What's going on, guys? What's going on, Ja'Cory? How you doing? Good, good, man. I'm just here getting my car uh, detailed right now. <laughs> okay, there we and go. I'm, yeah, and I'm, sit up and I'm drinking a slipper from 7-Eleven. I know you guys <laughs> are like, man, why is this just on a, a clean slipper from 7-Eleven? This is the... Uh, <laughs> It's 60 degrees out here, so it's oh, mild. So you got that night. Oh, yeah. buddy. Poor you, 60 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. What a tough one. Yeah, man, but I want to talk about a new coach, Nick Sirianni. You know, mm-hmm. I like it. Um, I was looking at his videos on me, you know, Ellie, like you were. He seems like motivational. You know, he's a fun, you know, guy. He's energetic. He's young. I seems think very likable. Mm-hmm. Go- yeah. The NFL is going with the young coaches, you know, the Sean McVay route, the – um. What's the guy's San Francisco name? Shanahan. Um, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan and uh, and in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I think we're going that one. I think we're going the train. Um, I think before he was a QB coach, he was a receivers coach yep. with the um, Chargers. You know, he was a, and he was the developing, Chiefs. and he was like um, the key guy to help develop Keenan Allen. Yep. So yeah, good. I think one of the things with Keenan was. Uh, um, Sirianni was known for being hard on him, and that it right. helped Keenan Allen develop. Good. So that's certainly encouraging. Hard yeah. on players. What a crazy thought that is. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, instead of you, know, you can't be Nick Sirianni, you got to be Nick Sirianni. You know, Nick Fury from the Avengers. Oh, from yeah. <laughs> Nick Sirianni. So, I like um, that. It's not too bad. So I like that, but he has to be real with his players, and he has to, you know, discipline them, you know. Yeah. You know, make them run. They, you know, mess up, make them run. But, um. Elliot had a quick question about the combine. Since they're not doing a combine this year, yeah. and they're just doing our pro days. How like are these like you know 
the scouts going to get out to reach out to these players to come see them, do the 40 times and all that. And is Dorsey going to be in charge of the draft? Since how we, um, how he's not going to, he's not really good with the draft. And I heard Sirianni was Dorsey's pick. No, no, that was that was wrong. That was so. Okay. And, and Jacory, good call. We're going to answer your questions after the break. Yeah, that there was a report out there that uh, Dorsey and Sirianni were together in Kansas City. That was erroneous. They were right. not. Together. I do think they have some history, but I yeah, I, I think it's that he was, was interested Jeffrey in when Lurie's he was hire. with the Browns and all. That. Yes, this was Jeffrey yeah. Lurie's hire and Howie Roseman's hire more than, Don, than John Dom Dorsey. Smolensky probably had yeah. bigger do with this Absolutely. than John Dorsey. But uh, interesting points about the combine because that it's going to be completely different this year. And Elliot's usually someone who goes to Indy for the combine yep. knows how that all works. I want to hear your thoughts on that and how much that's going to matter for the draft this year and for the ability to evaluate these guys. Obviously, we got the sixth pick in the draft. We yeah. need good young players, so that's a massive thing as well. So we'll get to that next. It's Elliot, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. That's right, it is Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Most Kravitz and I just talking about Nick Furiani. Mm. What a nickname that is. Justin that would be Tennessee. a good one if they ended up Justin being uh, yeah. It was good stuff. Genius. Really clever. I like it. Nick Furiani. If he, the first time he has like a... Uh, you know, freaking out on a sideline type of thing or yeah. whatever. Or Not going bad. for it on fourth. You know, I mean, Dougie P ended up being Doug's nickname, yes. and then there was another well, there iteration was, of that. I don't know if it's safe. Early for, uh, on, there was. You could just say BB Doug or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I know? wonder what uh what Nick's what Nick's nickname will end up being. Well, there's already a Nick Yeah, there's already a- <laughs> <laughs> another one we can't say. Yes. You know? But we'll yeah. still see. Who knows? He's got a lot to live up to. BDN2, to the, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> to be the Nick in Philadelphia. It's yes. A, it's a tough one to live up to, so we'll see. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Do you trust the Eagles? Is really what it comes down to. Do you trust this this organization? Howie, Jeffrey, the guys making this decision to make the right pick. We all agree. Like we don't know about Nick Sirianni. Like there's good, there's bad, there's interesting stuff about him. But it is a a true dark horse type of hire that no one saw coming, and it could be good, it could be bad. Just like Doug, when we all thought he was going to suck, he ended up. Doing a lot just better. like Andy when they Chip, hired him. Sure. Now Chip Andy, was a big name. So. Yeah, uh, Chip was a big name. Andy was Andy was out of nowhere. Um, also, a different time with media and stuff. Yep. It was a little less. It felt a little less like intense in terms of the the vitriol for it. Right. But uh, yeah, look, Andy. Look, people have come out of nowhere to be great hires. People have come out of nowhere to be horrible hires. We don't know which one it's going to be. The question is, do you trust Jeffrey Lurie? Do you give him the benefit and, of the do doubt. You give them the benefit of the doubt. Two one five five nine two. 9494. Let's go to Ridley Park and talk to our good buddy Larry. Hey, Larry. Fellas, how you doing today? Hey, how's it going, man? You know, uh, I happened to listen to Howard's show this morning, and he had said, and we thought that maybe John Dorsey had a, a say with uh, Nick, mm-hmm. but uh, Howard claims that he was never in the office and he was never asked. Yeah, I don't think that. Well, I, I would if I, I had to guess one way or the other, I would say he was not involved. I mean, I, he's a consultant. He's right. not like he's not part of that front office. He's not someone who they go to for every decision. And I at do, least as far as we know, I do know that the Eagles, their interview process, their long interviews. There's a lot of people in the room. I think there's like sometimes upwards of of ten. But the real people that make yeah. these decisions are Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, and Don Smolensky. Yep. Like right. those yeah, are the those was, are the people that never, have the most input. Yeah, John Dorsey was never in the room, but. My question is, I happen to hear, I know I in, uh, uh, John had uh, interviewed a reporter from Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and what he said that the possibility of his uh, assistance, he would bring in his receivers coach as his offensive coordinator, 
and his uh, D line or D backs coach, coach Gannon is his name. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Gannon, I think. Yep. He, so from that perspective, I know that uh, everything you're reading again, these are guys we don't know a ton about, but. The Jonathan Gannon guy is apparently very highly thought Yeah, he's of. getting looked at at other places. Chargers, uh, D.C. job and other places. So that one seems like a, a hot name. I hadn't heard about the offensive coordinator, though I will say, and Elliot and I were talking about this, I think, during a break, uh, but the idea that I do think that, at least on one side of the ball, I think they're going to hire someone who's either been a head coach or they has really a lot of to. experience in the NFL. This guy's young, never. And that thing about Sirianni, like, he's never been a head coach at any level, yep. ever before. Not even high school, college. Like, he's always been a coordinator or, or a, a position coach or whatever. He's never been a head coach. So I think they absolutely have to have someone in a position of prominence who has a lot of experience, or else, you and, know, it could be a, a concern. And James, I agree with you, okay? I feel that I cannot trust Howie and I cannot trust Jeffrey because they middle middle into the uh, decision with these draft picks. What what kind of say do you think Nick Sirianni is going to have? I don't, I think Nick Sirianni is going to have very little say uh, on the draft, but but so maybe that's but should? maybe that's how it should be. I, I I don't know. I think that's a debate that's larger than just the Eagles. Like how much say should a head coach have? Uh, you know, Doug Peterson he certainly did some scouting, but he definitely did not. You know, burn the midnight oil watching tape like like the scouts and Howie so, did. So, so let me ask you this, guys: Who's going to be going down to the Senior Bowl and uh, overlook these seniors that are graduating? La- Larry, this is Larry. This is a great call as always. It's a good question because I was about to to mention the combine thing that Jacoby yeah. brought up as well. The Senior Bowl, of course. I think we talked about this, but I think the Eagles, because they didn't have a coach, missed an opportunity to coach those Senior Bowl teams. They would have been able to with right. the record. Um, but regardless. The, the Senior Bowl and then, of course, the Combine, not being there, all that stuff. How do you think this affects this front office so moving into this offseason? The Senior Bowl, I would imagine Howie and multiple staff members will be down there. I don't know how they're going to do in-person meetings. But in terms of the Combine, there's three critical components of the Combine. There's obviously the workouts, there's the in-person meetings, and there's the medical part of it. And the medical part can't be overlooked because that is a a time where all these prospects are in the same place. They get checked on by, I believe, the same set of doctors, and you're able to really kind of get a feeling for, you know, if someone has an injury, something like that. Like DK Metcalf was a big deal, his medical concerns a few years ago. Josh Sweat was a big deal with his medical concerns. So I think from a medical perspective, that's going to be – a bit of a gray area now because these guys are going to get checked out at their pro days. But as with all pro days, you wonder, you know, it, it, what is that information going to be honest is going to lean towards a student. I do believe that you'll probably be able to get your doctors to look at these guys in some regard. Now the in-person interviews that you normally get at the combine, you're limited to a certain amount. I wonder if with zoom now, if maybe it's, it'll be advantageous They're going to be in virtual. a way. They're going to be virtual. Well, right. So yeah. But I'm, I just wonder if there'll be those same limits. I haven't been able to get that answer yet. Like ah, at the I combine, gotcha. you're able, I think it's, uh, 30. I believe 30, it's 30 in person, yep. but then you can have informal with others. So, but I wonder if it'll be different with this, but the actual workouts, look, I, I don't know how big of a deal that is. Jalen Rager, ran a really slow 40 time for at least what you were expecting him to run yeah. at the combine and how he said than they, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. How he said he trusted his data over the combine. So I, I think that the combine now is uh, the workouts don't matter as much. They, they matter a lot more for like TV and people watching it. But in terms of getting all the GMs in one place, getting all the coaches in one place, especially in an off season where they could be trying to trade Carson. I do think it hurts them that there's not going to be a combine for sure. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to South Philly and talk to Darren. Yo, D. What's up, brother, man? What's up, EST? How's it going, man? How you doing? 
You know, I'm a little annoyed with you, SP. I did not realize we were technically neighbors. You live in Westchester. I live in Exton. Oh, man. I used to I used to live in Exton for like a year, too, all this time. Whoa. You all right? Uh, some idiot was almost trying to take my new car out. I'm used oh. to it. <laughs> so what's on your back? What's on your no, mind? No, trying to back out like back out of a spot, not realizing Westchester. You have to look before you back out. Well, I'm happy. Amen. You, I'm happy you put him in his yeah. place there. And what's on your mind, my friend? Uh, I, Elliot, I, I love picking on you, but I'm just trying to figure out how how do you not realize that Jeffrey is now the worst owner, and he's worse than John in the sense that at least John was never considered the best owner in Philadelphia. So my answer is no. God, no, I don't trust the Eagles to make this pick. It makes it even horrible because we don't have the combine, like you're saying. So at least maybe they luck around and get the right pick. Well, I, I, I didn't that. say I I didn't say I trusted him to get number six right. I mean, you're, you're picking no, from you a smaller said, you pool. Said that, said you, uh, you said Jeffrey's not the worst. He is. He's by far the worst. The and worst owner in the city? The he's absolutely not the worst owner in the city. He is. You can't go from being the best owner. How many owners to, in the city have won a, have won a title? Uh, let's see. One, uh, Jeffrey Larry. Ownership. No, 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 come no, on, man. Not Middleton. No, not Middleton. It's the Buck fan. Yeah, it was, you know, back when. Well, uh, I mean, that, well, the Phillies' ownership running. has been split so many times. It doesn't mean, but, but yeah. Middleton was there. Yeah, yeah but yeah, Middleton was, was not not the front not facing the managing owner. partner. Yes. Uh, I mean, look, okay, I, but, I, I, this is but this is my overall thing, and it sounds like you're doing it as well. Yeah, I get the frustration no, 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 with I the have Eagles, but before you go there, okay. Well, I, I, okay, go ahead. I did have a thought that I kind of like. I don't know where I heard it, but. Maybe Howie isn't as bad as he think as as we think he is because I don't know it was either Joe or you, James, the other day that said it. When Howie gave him Carson his contract, his mind is he was going to do what Howie does every season: renegotiate to yeah. make the money work for us. So, and I, if I'm looking at it from that prism, maybe Howie, like maybe the contract as a whole wasn't bad. He just didn't expect well, I Carson that, to bomb the way he did. Right, regardless yeah, of call. yeah, good call. Regardless of. Uh, Carson playing poorly this year impacted. I think that if Carson was just what he was in 2019, they would have renegotiated Carson this offseason and dropped his cap hit by a ton, which would have opened a ton of cap space. Now, it would have recommitted themselves to Carson, and that's a different debate. But there's no denying that the the pandemic impacted the Eagles' salary cap plan. Now, their plan basically every year has been like, they're, they're about $20 million over the cap. They renegotiate a bunch of deals. They get under, and they do the same thing next year. That's just kind of how they've, how they've always been. And now with the huge revenue loss, it looks like the cap is going to drop by a ton. We don't know what it's going to be. They did get some fans in the stands this year. There are con- uh, TV deals coming in, so maybe it won't be as low. There's been some speculation. It could be as high as 198 but uh, I do think 175 is the floor, so we'll see. 215-592-9494. Last week on Go Birds Radio, I had a buddy call him, my buddy Don, out of nowhere, mm-hmm. never called the show before, and I ended it by saying after, I was like, that's one of my best friends, Elliot. And Elliot goes, does he know yeah. that he's one of your best friends? I was like, I hope so, I think so. Let's find out. Let's go to Montgomeryville and talk to Don. Don, did you know that we are our best buddies? <laughs> What's up, boys? What up, man? <laughs> uh, Elliot, I will tell you that I am probably one of James's best friends. Yep. Oh, well, that's adorable. How about that? I'm, I'm very well, happy you know, that. It, it kind of goes the other way, too. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's an okay friend of mine. Well done. Well, well done. one thing I've learned working with James is it, se- it seems like every caller thinks they're one of James' best friends. That's, uh, that's kind of how he is as a guy. But, no, look, I just, you and, know, he and, called you one of his best friends. That's a big deal. I wanted to make sure yeah. he was, you know. It was accurate. Yeah. Now we've got to go in the other way around. Yeah. He's, James and I know each other forever. He's the best. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. So, 
I I like Sirianni. I mean, mostly because I trust Jeffrey Laurie and and the manager. Wow, team. coming in on Elliot. I don't know side. if James is going to be your best friend after this one, but listen, I I mean, he's got a history of finding good X and O guys, guys that can scheme an offense, um, you know, manage the culture that they want. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long it's going to last. My point last week was, I think they believe the having a quarterback and having a backup quarterback is is the end-all, be-all, and it creates problems in the locker room. And I hope Sirianni's a guy that can manage that, or at least, you know, you have the personalities in the locker room, especially on, you know, outside of the quarterback position, like they had with Jenkins, like they had with Dawkins, guys like Hugh Douglas, that can manage quarterback issues. Well, that's the tough part for Sirianni because I think it'd be a tough situation for any head coach to walk into, like Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, like any any head coach. The quarterback situation here is so complicated. It's so oh, tense. Yeah. There's so much baggage. I think the locker room is even split amongst Carson and Jalen. So I personally think that you have to trade one of them. I don't think it's fair to Nick Sirianni to make him come in and do this whole quarterback competition. It's extremely hard for any head coach to manage, let alone someone that's never been a head coach. I mean, look, there's a lot of things Nick Sirianni has to accomplish this year, but I think at the top of the list is earning respect to the locker room, especially well, as a young, unknown guy. 100%. And especially a locker room that was publicly supporting another guy to get the job. Yeah, publicly you know, supporting like, two guys. In, yeah, Doug, he's Doug in, and, and Deuce. Deuce. Right. He's coming they, into a spot, man. Like, it's yeah. not like, yeah. like the, the easy spot The first time he there. steps in front of that whole team, and I'll, I'm assuming it'd be in person, but the first time they that he does that, that's a big spot for him. Like, A, they're – they're much like we are in the way that they didn't know who Nick Sirianni yeah. was a week ago. Now they know he's head coach. They'll look, he'll go, oh, this guy's only 39, he's young, he hasn't really been in the league long. So they'll come in with a skeptical eye, and it's going to be critically important for him to earn the trust of that team. If you remember yeah. Doug's, really quick, Doug's rookie year, they went 7-9, and nine. not a great season, but he earned the, the trust of the team and it helped them into 2017. Yeah, exactly. Came in immediately a leader of men, yes. and Sirianni seems like he's got that personality, um, energetic, and I love the fact that he's young because I think he relates better to these younger players in the new generation. Well, I they, think they'll respect him. He, I, I'm curious to see what the staff is that he brings around him. I think that's just as important as anything else. Well, yeah. as it was with Doug. I mean, right? I mean, that was something where we talked about it. The hiring of Schwartz, the hiring of Reich, putting yeah. these people around him made a big difference. So well, I, I think, think the right difference, let's, though, see, let's see the staff that he brings in. Um, and, and then I'll have a better gauge for what I think he's doing and, and what will happen over the next couple of years. But if they go beyond this next year with two quarterbacks, it's laughable. Like, I get, you know, the competition. You want to go into the season having optionality. Um, but you, you can't keep going like this. It's brutal. Yeah. Donnie, love you, buddy. I <laughs> love you too, man. Call more often. So That's cute. Great. Um, yeah. Look, I agree the staff. The tables together, man. <laughs> the staff anyway, matters. It does matter. But Sirianni has to be the guy. Like, you, you, like you can have – uh, you know, uh, Anthony Lynn, or I'm trying to think other the veteran guys he's coached with, Todd Haley. Like, you can have those type of guys come in, but the locker room has to look at Sirianni like the head guy. And although I like that he's young, it was something I wanted in a head coach, it does seem like maybe Sirianni is a little more on the emotional side. Yeah, likable, kind of. Like, he does like, seem... Yeah, like roller coaster. Roller coaster. And what, you Doug know. was not that. Like, maybe with the media... And a contradiction. We talked about McDaniels, like, that type. He's certainly not a Josh McDaniels yeah. type, it seems. And one thing people, when McDaniels thought it seemed like he was going to be the head coach, one thing a lot of people said was they liked that he was going to come in and coach hard. McDaniels can do it. I wonder if Sirianni can do it just from a... If they're going to look at him and be yeah. like... 
you know, who's this guy, right? You need to buy in. If yes. you're going to coach someone hard, you're, the person you're coaching has to buy into it. And you're right. He is coming without the cachet into a tumultuous locker room situation where they wanted other guys into a situation. Quarterback that's hard to coach. With a quarterback who theoretically, if, and this is a big if, but if he was hired with the, the purpose of coming in to fix Carson Wentz, he's coming in to fix a quarterback who has his own issues keeping that locker room right. around him, too, and, and all the stuff we know. So. And you wonder how the locker room looks at that, yeah, too, and the power dynamics with point. Carson yeah. and him. So it's 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 extremely tough situation. I'll say this. We, we're talking about 2016 versus now. Sirianni's walking into a tougher spot off the field dynamic-wise than Doug was. Yeah, and a worse roster and all that. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. One more segment to go. It's Elliot, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio. And let me again remind you, my guys at the Parksino Sportsbook app have you covered with a great deal for all customers. The Park Sportsbook app is offering a 50% profit boost. Yes, 5-0, 50% profit boost available to all customers this weekend. Available up to $50 per game for both pro football playoff games on this championship Sunday. That means you place your bet up to $50 on each game, and each bet, if you win, gets a $50 profit boost on each game. It's an amazing deal. If you like fantasy sports, you'll love the player props available on the Park Sportsbook app. You can bet more than the score, bet player props, points, rebounds, double-doubles, anything and everything, any sport. It is a beautiful thing. It's fun. It's easy to use. It's intuitive. You need to download the app. My guys, the real home team sports betting app, easy deposits, great customer service. And this offer, again, is for all customers. If you're new, just download the Parks Sportsbook app in the app store or click parkscasino.com slash PA. No promo code required. Again, terms and conditions at parkscasino.com slash PA. Bet with the home team, Pennsylvania's home team sports betting app. Final segment to go. This is Go Birds Radio presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. A spirited day of debate. Yeah. Well, it's a spirited time around the Eagles. I love it. I love it. Let's get as many calls in as we can before we get out of here. Robbie E., the legend. Rob Ellis coming up next. Let's go to Burlington and talk to our good buddy Logan. Hey, Logan. What's up, guys? Hey, what's going on, man? Once again. Um, So I got a a bit of a theory. Um, All right. This is going to surround the fact that the Eagles did decide, and you posed the question, obviously, if uh, we trust Jeffrey and Howie to do their job. I would say no, and this is why. I think the Sirianni hire right now is, you know, a means to an end when it comes to righting a wrong uh, that I think they believe they have done, which is hire Doug Peterson in the first place instead of Frank Reich to be that coach. I think at, at some point in time, there was there was I don't know there's a shift in you know opinion that maybe they hired the wrong guy to be the head coach, and Frank Reich should have been the guy, and they realized that, and that's why maybe they stepped in when they probably shouldn't have with the the whole Doug and like deciding who plays on game days and stuff like that. It's a really and, interesting. Well, theory. I think where you're correct is I do believe that pretty quickly they came to not trust Doug, and then they won the Super Bowl and. And Obviously, look, it look, complicated things, but I don't Logan, believe there are ever... a lot of people in Philadelphia who have, you know, not the exact theory you're saying, but who believe Frank Reich was the brains behind 2017, behind that offense, yeah. all that. So it does. It's a really interesting theory. Yeah, I just, I mean, just the fact that they hired the right hand man. I'm not saying like Sirianni's going to be bad. I'm not saying Doug was, you know, the full, you know, fault of everything that happened. But I think there's an inkling of that in the whole mess and dysfunction of what kind of went down in the last couple months, basically. 
yeah, really I think that call, the, the decision to move on from Doug, and I do think it was par- partly mutual, but still the firing of Doug, I-, I just get the sense they never truly believed in Doug, right? I mean, when 2016, you've said it a bunch today, he wasn't their top choice, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty At the end of 2016, we saw reports and rumblings that maybe he was already on the hot seat, mm-hmm. right? Then 2017, he wins it. So I think that just changed a whole bunch. At that point, you have to give him more time. But, you know, for them to want to move on from him so quickly after the Super Bowl – uh, and then, you know, the coaching staff stuff, it just doesn't speak of an organization that had faith in the, the coach that won them a Super Bowl. Let's go to Bordentown and talk to Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, so I have two points. So do I think management is the biggest problem? I think it's a big problem. I don't think it's the biggest. Um, I really have to go down to player execution because mm-hmm. I was looking at all these numbers with uh, Sirianni. Um, his quarterbacks, like, what was it, third or something, they're getting the ball out of their hands. Yep. Um, second, Eagles were 30th. Or something yeah. like that. Um, and my thing is, Eagles never did any deep plays anyway. Um, our receivers couldn't get open. So either Carson Wentz was standing in the pocket for five seconds against Zach, or it was Jalen Hurts out there who had to run out the pocket and throw, throw it away. So I think player execution is very big when it comes to talking about it, but – yeah, and that's a combination well, think, of coaching and front office, too. Are they yeah, picking the right I, I guys? Yeah, I mean, like, execution is football. Like, that is the most important thing in the sport yeah. is executing. Like, that's and, the, what it all comes down to. And to get my final irrational pro Howie point out there, I mean, who knows? Maybe with the – I think Doug's a good head coach, but if Sirianni's a good head coach, these guys are going to look better whether they're better players or not. Oh, so, well, yeah, coach. if you don't think to... Doug's a good coach, then you have to take that into consideration when evaluating Howie's – Picks. And look, there are things to like about Sirianni for this job. And again, each coaching job is different. I think Doug was a really perfect fit for a veteran team. Coming that, off a chip. Exactly. Like, whereas I think like assuming, and again, we don't know, we don't know enough about him, but yeah. the, the family is coach, your father's a coach, co- you know, uh, brother's a college coach, other brother's a high school coach, like their whole family's yep. coaches. Like, this is a guy who like breathes, eats teaching football like and right now the Eagles do need someone who's going to develop players teach technique harp on all that type of stuff like the fundamentals get back to the basics so I mean I do see a world where this guy and his resume and what he is could be that guy we obviously just don't know let's go to Cincinnati and talk to Mark yo Mark hey guys how's it going hey what's going on Mark how you doing that's what so so Elliot, this mm-hmm. is like one of the craziest takes ever. Okay, <laughs> all right. I wish you would have called an hour earlier. We had more time, but let's hear it. Well, how can you trust this regime right now with everything that's going on? This was a complete disaster. They've won a Super ever Bowl. Since the Super They've won a Super Bowl. Know, that's how ever, I can trust them. But ever since then, it's been going downhill. And I'll tell you the big difference right now. What is their process? Because their their last the last time when they hired Doug, when they hired Chip, they did a lot of due diligence. They got people involved. This was a a firing, a, an emergency firing of Doug Peterson, and then all of a sudden nobody wanted to interview him, interview with him, and now they they pick a guy and you know look maybe he's great. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But right now I'm not going to hang my hat on these guys because. Can you explain to me what their process was for this hire? Mm-hmm. So I think that w- with Doug, 
they, the, the mistake they made, in my opinion, was miscalculating what he was going to say in that first Tuesday meeting. I think they believed he would be more okay with coaching staff changes. I think they thought he would have better ideas for the coaching staff. That was their miscalculation, and they deserve blame for that. I think, though, once Doug had moved on, their approach was the right one, which but, is I mean, let's interview as many guys as possible. But you understand his point. Like in, When they hired Doug, first of all, he fired Chip before the end of the season. He's out in front of it. He's out in front of the search. They're prepared for the And how did that work They're, out? But, but the, the point being that they were at least ready for the search. They were prepared to his point. They brought in Bill Polian and they did all yeah. this stuff, whereas this search does feel like it was kind of a fly by the seat. Well, that's what I just said. I think they, the mistake they made was miscalculating what Doug would say. I think they thought Doug was going to be back, or at least they oh, were clearly, very open to it. They don't let him do that press conference unless right. they had a really good thought that he was going to be back. Whereas with Chip, I think like halfway through the year, they were like, this guy's gone. I agree with that. So I, I, I think that's, that's an important reason. component to it. That's the reason I don't trust them now. Because of, because of how they handled the chips or the uh, the Doug situation, and then also yeah, but but the um, last the last coaching search, I mean, they got out ahead of everybody, like you guys just said. Gase turned him down, Coughlin turned him down, McAdoo turned him down. Like you can get out ahead of of the thing, and it helps, but you have to have a an attractive situation, and b you have to find the right guy. But, I think. but doesn't that say something that that two times in a row no one wants the job? Like yeah, it does for sure. But it, but they got especially the, after but they, one of them they won the Super Bowl three years ago, and it's still a job. I, I agree, but they got the right guy last time. So like, yeah, but I just can't dismiss it at this point. Look, I I, I completely is, understand your skepticism. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get so, your skepticism. Mark, great call, buddy. I do. And I just, like I said, after a few days to think about it, I'm ready to give them the benefit of the doubt because the track record is there. And yeah. I haven't met Nick Sirianni. They have. Well, that's true. It is going to be, look, it's going to be really interesting to finally get this guy here. Again, we said it at the beginning of the show, it is it is wild that it is still not official. Like we right. were talking about, and, and we all, we know it's going to happen, but the, the Eagles themselves have not come out and said, this is our head coach. It is, it is weird. Well, oh, I think your point you made, which is interesting, maybe they want to lock the staff down That's first my guess. to, to I put think more confidence maybe around they this. they want to but... say, look, here's Nick Sirianni, but also we got Wade Phillips. This guy's been in the league forever or something right. like that. But it's an example. You know, someone where it's like – Anthony yeah, Lynn, guy... I think, is a, exactly. a strong example. Yes, he was with them. They were together. Like, yeah. I get that. I think that makes a lot of sense if they want to do that. That's the only thing I can kind of – because I don't think they're haggling about the contract or about this. I think it's more a purposeful decision. I can't imagine to... Sirianni has much. Uh... That's the point. Zero leverage. He's like, "Why are you going to hire me? Yeah, awesome. Whatever you want. Let's do it. I'm yeah. in. Never been a head coach Although, before. The, Let's the do it." The flip side of that is, in some ways, he has a ton of power now because he's been announced. It'll look bad if it falls through. Yeah, you're through. right. Kind of a little guy. leverage like, there. If they don't hire him, McDaniel's probably isn't going there. So if I was can him, I'm imagine? like, you know what? Like, can you imagine? Can maybe you that six imagine? years sounded pretty good right now uh, on my deal. Dan uh, Campbell got six years. I mean, yeah. You mess with Dan Campbell, though. Well, like, can, all right, first of all, for everyone that's trusted James all day, you should know he's pro Dan Campbell. Well, so I take was that, in 2015. Yeah, I take was, that I was into way consideration. Out front, yeah. Way out in front of the Dan I don't know if you Campbell. want to brag about that, I, about being was, out in front more, of the honestly, Dan Campbell. Honestly, it was more of a bit then than anything, just because yeah. he did the Oklahoma drill, and I was like, Ugh. but, uh, you know, it's a good press conference. Oh, okay. It's gonna bite your Next kneecap, week we'll talk about that. Bite your kneecaps yeah. off, Elliot. Yeah, all right. Could be worse, Eagles fans. Could be worse. Thank you to every single person who called in. We could not do this show without you. Can't tell you how much we appreciate it. If we didn't get to you, I'm so sorry we ran out of time. Rob Ellis, I'm assuming, is going to be talking some birds coming up I next. I would think so. So feel free to hang. Rob will get you. Thank you to Kevin Keenan, Moshe Kravitz, behind the glass. We'll be back next week. Same place, same time. For Elliot, I'm James. It's been another edition of Go Birds Radio right here on 94 WIP.